millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. An intro just so we've got it's just it's not the what it is kind of the local GM podcast, but it's not, yeah, it is. But it's also just Josh and Scott's fun time news time. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if that's the title, like that can do that can possibly also be the intro. Uh, I have <laughs> news things right. Um, yeah, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. This is whatever the hell we decide to call it eventually. Josh and Scott's <laughs> fun news time for all, um, where we just recap the biggest news stories from the last week. Um, some stuff breaking on a Monday, um, because we were initially trying to pick which day to do this on. Um, but we settled on Monday, and uh, so far it's working out all right. How do you how do you find about how do you feel about doing a news based podcast on a Monday? I like it, pal, because I think we get all the good stuff over the weekend, and then we get the stuff that inevitably, inevitably breaks on Monday. I think if we did it Tuesday, we'd be like, well, maybe we should wait till Wednesday. That's midweek. Mm. And then when we're at Wednesday, we're like, well, you we should wait till Thursday. <laughs> you can't do a podcast on Thursday, because what if something breaks, then you need something for Friday, Scott. I know. Jumping. Speaking of all the stuff that's point. broken as well, uh, Mr. Oh. Xbox, Mr. Phil Spencer, uh, Mr. X Spencer, he's been talking at uh, Twitch's, <laughs> <laughs> Twitch's GlitchCon uh, conference thing, um, doing a big old speech. And he was talking about, uh, pretty much confirmed, Xbox will buy more studios. Um, mm. So he said, in terms of continuing to invest in new studios and new games and new content, absolutely, we have to do that. It's important that we continue to build out our library of games that are available on Xbox. We'll double the size of our studio's organization when we add Bethesda, and we're going to continue to invest in great games so that people can find their next favorite game on our platform. Do you think that they're just going to go all out this generation, just left, right, and center, snapping up Naughty Dog, whatever they can get their hands on? Oof. I mean, why not, I suppose? Like, mm. for them, it, it, it probably makes more sense to just splash the cash and get some tried and tested, you know, studios, publishers on their side rather than build new ones from the ground up because they've kind of tried that before. And to their credit, it hasn't worked all that well. They had 343, they had, you know, was it the Coalition? It was definitely the Coalition. What was the first name of the Coalition? I can't remember. doesn't matter. They got put on gears. They've got um, the Initiative, I think, is the one now. They've got all of these really convolutedly titled um, studios that they've tried to build from the ground up, tried to put on their franchises. And um, it hasn't really worked, Scott Telford, because yeah. the games that have come out, some of them being good, Gears 5, Gears 5 is arguably one of the best games of the generation. But Halo Oh, sweet 5, Lord, Josh Brown. I mean, we're, this, is a, this is an audio-only podcast, so I can't, I can't get across my facial expression in audio form, but one of the best games of the generation, Josh Brown. Yeah, man, sure, man. I had a good time with that. It was really nice. That's all that counts is one of the best games of the generation. Did Josh have a good time with it? Yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> Gears 5, Kentucky Route Zero, all up in there. Top five. <laughs> all you need. 
Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, they, like, it's been so weird now that I finally got um, a hold of the Series X and then going, like, back and forward, PS5, Series X, and sort of, you know, weighing up the pros and the cons of both systems and getting in, you know, getting, indulging in Game Pass, going back to old titles, backwards compatibility, everything like that. And, like, the Xbox side of it, I, I get it. I get what they've been going for, and I didn't fully get it until I had the new system in my hands. But when you have, like, you know, the UI that just sort of, like, it's liquid butter, everything just loads, everything's nice and fast, everything gets auto-updated, auto updated, auto. Uh, up res as well. Everything runs in 4K, 68 frames a second. Old games get auto HDR, all that kind of thing. Um, I get the whole push for let's just acquire as many studios as we can and let's move away from exclusives. Um, I don't like you know want that necessarily. I always want the newest, fanciest games. I like the idea of the budgets that can be allocated on a first party basis. Um, but well, like I said, I, like interfacing, like you know, using the Xbox and stuff. I like the whole family of titles, Netflix for games thing. That finally made so much yeah. sense when I had a system that could actually just juggle that many titles at once. Yeah, totally. I mean, I know I do this all the time. It's kind of anecdotal evidence. And I know the entire games industry or people who get, play games aren't just my dumb mates who I talk to on a weekend. <laughs> but I was talking to my dumb mates on the, on the weekend, right? So, oh. And I was talking to them about like, you know, the next gen consoles and they were asking whether or not they should get one. And I was talking through like the pros and cons and stuff. And then my, my mate Jack was like, I, I think the future is going to be some kind of like streaming service, you know, like a mm. Netflix. He was like, when's that going to arrive? And I was like, it's already here. Sorry, like, Game Pass is here. It's incredibly, you know, cheap considering the amount of games you get, the amount of services that are rolled into it. Mm. And as soon as I told him that, as soon as I said, the next um, Bethesda games, the next Fallout, the next um, Elder Scrolls, whatever, they're going to be there day one. He was just kind of like, well, why do I need anything else? Like, this is this is perfect for me as a kind of casual gamer. Why would I want to invest, pay £70 for a PlayStation 5 edition, mm-hmm. perhaps, when I can get this service, when I can get this, you know, a cheaper alternative console if you get the Xbox Series S. And I feel like, you know, when it comes to accessibility, when it comes to broadening the, the, the playground, I guess, mm. Microsoft have done that just great job over the past generation of just getting everyone in getting them on the xbox brand getting them on the xbox service mm-hmm. and delivering something that is competitive it's really good and most importantly it appeals to people who might only buy a few games a year because they can try new things they mm. can they can you know enjoy the games that they know they like the franchise they know they like so if they go down that route it makes sense for them to buy up studios to help bolster that selection because there's already that built-in audience who will come for it. It makes you wonder like how much uh, exclusives could or maybe should going forward be viewed as luxury, you know, products like luxury things that can get put on top of that base reason you buy the system in the first place. Like, yeah, we, we keep up with so many exclusives. We keep up with whatever the newest stuff out is. But unless I'm talking to you or the people that are like we're working with, hardly anybody else that I'm in contact with is keeping up with those games. So maybe it just makes, you know, someone could have waited and played Red Dead 2 for free or, you know, part of the Game Pass, um, you know, lineup or whatever if they just waited a few months as opposed to dropping 60 pounds on it so they can do it straight away and i just wonder if that just makes so much more sense for a mass audience like we're always we put so much stock on exclusives and new stuff and the the latest cutting edge releases but maybe it just makes more sense like on a consumer level to just wait it out and you get those games anyway if you just wait long enough the only thing you'll never get is the first party stuff yeah totally and i mean like it's it's funny because I feel like, you know, we're obviously very into this industry. It's what we're doing <laughs> as a job. So we're going to be there day one, like splashing all of this cash on these games. And 
I, I've always thought that was fine until this weekend when in preparation for the PlayStation 5, I went to buy some games for it. And no, I won't stop talking about this, Scott, because I know I've absolutely <laughs> blanked your head about it in yeah. texts and stuff. But I couldn't believe that Demon's Souls and Spider-Man Miles Morales came to like £120. That seemed ridiculously steep where I could buy these games in a few months mm. for cheaper. But it's because I want that excitement at launch. I want to be there with these games and have something exciting to play. But I just think like that the price, price point. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, the prices are ridiculous, especially when the competition is more or less doing the exact opposite and being mm. like, look, Chuck us 15 quid and you can have Gears 5 on launch day. You can have Elder Scrolls 6. You know, we, we're not really bothered. Buy them if you want. But also, it's just two very different um, two very different approaches. I don't necessarily think one is right and one is wrong, but they both certainly have pros and cons, I think. Yeah, if you, if you have a set amount of notes you're going to throw at one company or the other, Xbox is ludicrously good value for money. Um, and I feel like Sony have been playing catch-up, like they did the whole PS Plus collection thing of like, well, you know, we have games too, you can do, give us monthly thing and here's a bunch of stuff. But like their general mentality is not so focused, like Xbox is entirely focused on Game Pass and accessibility and, you know, you, like use xCloud and you can stream it in. And, like, you know, you can start Batman on your phone, beam it across and continue when you get home, stuff like that. Like you've always got this access to this library of games, which I feel like it kind of fluctuates on the sony side um so fascinated by how that all that's going to play out across the next few years because they're just they're going in complete opposite directions um although like i said sony have tried to play catch up um i did uh, as one sort of like big talking point uh, colin moriarty was saying that he wondered uh, of um sacred symbols fame um was saying that he wondered if the level of quality uh, of the games that are in the ps plus collection is bigger than everything is that is on game pass and i think that that'll like almost definitely be proven over uh, disproven over time um, because you'll get, you know, the Dooms, the, like everything that Bethesda has access to will be on Game Pass. But it's that, I think there's that whole thing of like, are, is a collection of first party PS4 titles worth more, quote unquote, than all of these other titles on Game Pass? I don't think so. But um, I think that was yeah. an interesting talking point. I don't think I necessarily agree with it, but I think mm. that's how Sony's viewing it, especially because, you yeah. know, over the past generation, they built their brand on these exclusives are premium to the point where now we're actually going to charge more for them because that's just how <laughs> high quality they are. That's like, you know, if you want to buy them, well, you've got to pony up the money. And I think, you know, for better or worse, they're definitely doubling down on that and being mm. like, look, yeah, we might have less to offer, but it's it's quality over quantity. Again, I don't think that's necessarily true because I think Games Pass does have some amazing games in it, especially, you know, both first party exclusives right down to like indies that you might not try out otherwise like the Outer yeah. wilds or something mm-hmm. but um it's certainly i think sony's approach and we'll see how that plays out hopefully not in the hubris like arrogance riddled style <laughs> that had them um dropping down in the good graces with people during the playstation 3 mm-hmm. that's that's the thing that i think if you're a lifelong playstation fan or you've been following the industry for a while there's a lot of what they're doing at the minute that reeks of where they were at the start of the ps3 um, where it just it is that whole thing where they they came off the PS2, the highest selling console of all time, and they just went, okay, let's just charge a ridiculous amount, and you'll pay it because you love PlayStation. And everybody just went, yeah. no, we won't. We'll go over here instead. <laughs> and I think that the missing thing here on Xbox's side is exclusives, just to tick that box. Even though I think the Game Pass as an archive, you know, as a uh, platform of stuff is incredible but i think if they could just ice that cake off with a little bit of halo then they could have mm-hmm. done it they could have because he's all over the box like he was master chief was clearly going to be the thing i know man selling the, the next generation of xbox but he's delayed in 2021 um speaking of the ps5 though um next uh, news item is that the ps5 has very much hit its first massive bug um sort of known as the queued for download bug and um, i got stabbed twice by this bug 
uh, or bit twice by this bug. <laughs> One, um, basically the bug um, is that you'll go to redeem something on the store or you might have bought something on the store and the game will not download. It'll stick on uh, queued for download, which is where they do their server ping, where your console is connecting to whatever their servers are to say, I have this thing now, please let me download it. Um, and that is when um, you know, the, the icon grays out. It says queue for download while it does the connection and then your download will start and that gray icon thing will free up again. Um, it just never frees up, but because there's no download started and that means there's no file to get it to grab to delete um, you're just stuck in limbo like there's no way to get out of it um, the quote-unquote solution is a full factory reset of the playstation 5 which means that obviously all your, your saves are stored on the cloud but it means resetting up the console again reinstalling all the games again and holding your breath for the like you know dear life <laughs> when you then go to re-download other stuff or buy other stuff um, but yeah this is this has hit a lot of other people i was ringing sony support talking about it um, and i experienced it um before the US release date, but it was one of those things they were trying to figure out back then. And it's sort of like snowballed into a much bigger problem now. Um, but I think that, you know, the, another thing that goes alongside this in terms of PS5 bugbears, um, bugs, A, bugbears, is, Very nice. I, I know, is that they've got um, another thing, which is just sheer confusion. I think you've seen the articles on how to tell if you're playing the PS5 version of a, of a game. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that that seems to come from is that on the PlayStation 4's uh, dashboard, the new XMB, um, it can just offer you the wrong version of the game. If you've bought something like Call of Duty, Black Ops Cold War, or The Pathless, um, or even Sackboy, um, some of those games will default on the menu to the wrong version and you have to go down, go into the three dot icon and change it to the PS5 version. Um, but also like when Kotaku wrote their piece, how to tell if you're playing the next gen version, it just, it could not be more obvious that these cross gen games do not, you know, they're not that much better on next gen. And like, mm -hmm. that's coming from me who's played both of them and can kind of attest to that. Like, yes, there's frame rates. Yes, there's load times. But if you put Spider-Man next to Spider-Man Miles Morales next to its PS4 counterpart, it's not that different. Yeah, I suppose that's like that's the stickler, isn't it? That's the yeah. thing. That's the kind of press that you don't want. You don't want people to be accidentally playing PlayStation 4 games on the PlayStation 5 when they have the PlayStation 5 version. Like, it looks great. This look at how look how like yeah. shiny it is. <laughs> but but no. more importantly, you don't want people to not be able to tell the difference or not notice that they're playing the wrong version in the first place. Like <laughs> I, again, I'm I'm yet to get my hands on the console. You know, touch wood. Hey. I can't see. I'm just touching everything around me. Touch wood that it's um, touch wood. Mine's going to be arriving on Thursday. Mm -hmm. But um, you'd, I I'd hope that you know this these kind of small bugs were sort of ironed out that I wouldn't have to factory reset my machine just to download a game. I wouldn't have to go into the toggles just to make sure I'm playing the right version of it. Like you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to PlayStation Five. Like I said, I don't want this to come across as anti Sony because of the last thing, but. I just feel like when it comes to just sheer ease of use, like the Xbox Series X, even though I'm not getting one, um, just feels like it's just that bit more intuitive, well, that bit easier. Smart yeah. delivery, you could say. It's very smart, isn't it? Well, the thing is, like, like I said, having gone between the two, the Series X, like I like the PS5 a lot. I like the UI stuff that they've got. I love the card system, the activity system. I love them suggesting different parts of a game to dive into, make sure you're seeing 100% of a game. Um, and I like all that stuff. When you go on the Series X though, like the way that they organize cloud saves, the way that they organize the libraries themselves, Xbox and Microsoft have clearly been planning for this for a long time. Oh no, Josh Brown, you've gone very dark, but if your audio is still coming through, then it's all right. We're coming back. 
He's coming I'm, back. I'm revitalized. I'm <laughs> no one can see this, but I'm, I'm coming back. I can back see it. I, I lost you for a second. But um, yeah, I think that the way that the um, the Xbox library stuff, like I said, the cloud save stuff, the fact that you, it, it's what they've been planning. It's why they called it that smart delivery thing. Like they knew that people were going to go from multiple versions of the same game um, and then, you know, be able to jump into the, they want to jump into the next gen one as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've very much planned for that. And whereas on the Sony side, you've got separate tiles in your library for like alphas and betas. You've got the like, previous version of the the ps4 one or maybe even the beta being suggested on your home dashboard um and the cloud save stuff it doesn't bring your save in automatically you can't access cloud saves inside the game you've got to go in the settings and make sure it's all downloaded properly before you boot something up it's just those things feel like they've been playing catch up with xbox's whole everybody's welcome you know we're going to respect your past purchases stuff i think the original plan for the ps5 was to just go full bore next generation exclusives you know like nothing ps4 games don't work or a selection Mm -hmm. of them would or whatever um and you know and don't worry about it and now they've gone oh crap we should actually be catering to millions of people who have ps4s and they've kind of like rushed to implement this stuff in the ui and it's really messy um, there's a streamlined nature to the Series X that you can tell is what they've been planning on, like for months and months. Um, yeah, and I think that totally. I like them both, but the um, the yeah the Series X feels a hell of a lot more confident when it comes to you know uh, storefront stuff, organization of your library, things like that. There have always been like a few PlayStation quirks. Let's be generous, I suppose, <laughs> that have always been a bit more obtuse than they should be you know mm. i don't even mention the idea of changing you know the playstation id for like 12 years or whatever Good, how long yeah. you were stuck with that bad lad for but yeah there's always been like when it comes to ui in particular ui features i always feel like despite how much i love the xmb and the playstation 4 the designers have always seemed like you know a step behind you could mm-hmm. even look at the the playstation store and the playstation 3 being a web browser push out you know what yeah. i mean they've always slightly been one step behind the competition so Hopefully that's all this is and not any kind of, you know, last minute fumble or anything Mm. like that. Okay, so for our next thing, I will address the fact that our audio might have changed a little bit. Some things might sound a little bit different and we encountered a bit of an, an interruption and we've come back, we've done some other stuff and we're going to do the rest of the show. Might have been totally fine. Might have not needed to say anything, but you never know. You never know, Josh Brown. So you've got to do it. <laughs> You gotta let the people know, man. Like, what if this, there would have been someone out there who who would have noticed the minor inconsistency and never had been able to sleep tonight because they wouldn't have known what was going on. So we covered um, we covered Xbox stuff, uh, Mr. Phil Spencer, and then we talked about PS5 bugs, um, and then we oh, I was going to talk about. Um, some stuff about the availability of the consoles themselves um, because this also came from Phil Spencer talking at GlitchCon who said the number one request I get over and over is that it's so hard to get the consoles right now and I really apologize for that. Uh, we've been building them for almost two months now and we're trying to get as many into the stores as we can but the demand is just so high. Um, Walmart also uh, said that they did four, solid, four complete restocks on the same day and they all sold out within minutes. Um, Amazon have also delayed their Series X um, deliveries until December um, even for paid consumers consumers um, and it seems that they'll be doing the same for some ps5 stock um what's your general thoughts on like i guess after the year we've had it was always whether or not people are going to have the amount of money to throw at new systems it seems like they do in record numbers to the point where it's beating even the estimates on the xbox side yeah totally i mean the, the desire is obviously there i know for me with not having anything else to look forward to you know like outside any events any gigs, <laughs> anything like that like this not a single is- thing 
<laughs> single thing. Not a single, single thing. Try not to be too down on it. But no, this has been the thing I've been looking forward to, you know what yeah. I mean? For like the past few months, it's been the one thing that I've been saving up for, the, the day that I'm looking forward to taking off, playing the new consoles or whatever. So the desire is obviously there. But even then, I didn't expect the output to be so limited because mm. I was expecting pre-orders to be quite you know, limited and how many were going to be there for launch day, you know, like they were going to do them in waves just by, you know, having that experience with the PlayStation 4. But even then, like the lack of any kind of like second wave of consoles or third wave of consoles, at least, you know, across retails or whatever, just just shocked even me. I, I thought we would get at least more chances to pre-order, more chances to put your name forward like i was lucky enough to be up that night covering the conference with you mm. and then ben roy if ben roy didn't message me saying pre-orders are up now i wouldn't have had a console i wouldn't have been able to lock one down <laughs> like it was just pure sort of luck for the most part that mm. someone informed me and i think that's the case for a lot of people to be like right you can get one for this tiny amount of time otherwise you're kind of screwed like i had one friend who didn't manage to get one and they're just like what do i do and i'm like i don't know if they've not conveyed anything i guess just Hang about on a launch day, hopefully get a kick and click and collect, but even that's going to be incredibly hectic. It was, I mean, it's so weird. I didn't have a pre order down for the uh, on the Xbox side, but I was always planning on getting one. I just didn't, I don't like paying for something if I can't pay for it and get and secure it. Like, I just, I don't like it. I want something to be on sale, I'll pay for it. I don't trust giving my money to pre orders. I just, just, just don't, I don't like it, Josh Brown. And, um, and so I was kind of, I, I was always waiting to get an Xbox, but I, I tried to get like pre order the PS5, but even that's been sort of delayed. But the weird thing with um, the pre order stuff is like, if you're, if all the websites are down, like in the UK, it's like Argos and Curry's and John Lewis, and, and none of their pages even load, you can't even register your interest on something. They're just out of stock. And, it, and Amazon were just mm-hmm. like, we don't know when we're getting more of these units in. And you sort of just sit there like, well, I don't know if you don't know, like, how am I supposed to even like, how can I even tell you that I want this if you're not like taking any record of um, people getting stuff? And so with my Series X, I literally just happened to be checking Twitter at two in the morning, like refreshing the latest feed of the words Xbox Series X UK stock. And one guy was like, if you go on Curry's right now, there's 10 available. And I just mad scrambled and did it. And that's how I got my Series X. But it was literally two in the morning, random thing. And um, someone else said that Argos um, reach, um, refilled some of their stock at four in the morning and some people managed to grab, grab them then. But it was just like seven units. But I just mm-hmm. don't know what, how... I guess I haven't like followed it on the ground because we weren't, we weren't working like this, la, the last console generation. Like we were sort of... I was yeah. at Wacolture, but it was... We didn't, you know, we didn't follow like the stock rollouts and stuff. And uh, it just seems crazy. Like, how do you plan for this for so many months? You know the demands are going to be there. And then they can't even tell respective, um, you know, stockists that they're going to be able to supply the units. And so those websites are all down and everyone just sort of sits there going, well, I don't actually know when I can get one. Like, I'm assuming at yeah. some point they'll be available again. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Yeah, I, th- I think part of it's just natural, like this sort of obstruction kind of comes with a console launch. Like no mm. matter how much they can anticipate the, uh, the the desire for one. I mean, we had those rumors earlier that like PlayStation especially upped their production um, units from what they initially projected earlier in the year. So it's mm. not like they're, you know, sat there with like five PlayStations in the warehouse being like, well, I guess we might as well make some more if we can, I suppose. If I we bothered. Um like they're obviously trying to do that. It's just like trying to keep that production up with the demand and hopefully, you know, the, the PlayStations will get easier to produce and stuff and everything that's obviously been happening around the world. We've had like factory shutdowns and stuff, which apparently didn't impact them, but you must assume would have impacted them in, in some form. Mm-hmm. Every single industry has been impacted in some form, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. even then it has been, like I said, like just kind of like shockingly limited. And it makes me wonder how long it will go on for because if you go on game, for instance, now trying to get a PlayStation 5, uh, like I think the next orders that they're taking on, which obviously is out of stock, I think that's getting delivered like the 18th of December, which is around about the time I think Amazon is doing the Xboxes and the PlayStation right. as well, like the, where they've been delayed to. So maybe I mean, there'll be I... another wave before the end of the year. But then like, does this go on until January, February, March, April? Like when is when does it become easily available? Yeah, like I guess like when, when do they get enough stock where it's comfortable, where like they, the, the demand, like, you know, peters down a bit until it, it, it matches the uh, supply. Like I just, the game side though, for those of us in the UK, like their whole, um, oh, just go in this queue, wait 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> then you'll have two or three minutes to pre-order a console. And I waited half an hour. And then when it loaded, <laughs> it just said out of stock again. <laughs> I was like, well, what the hell have I queued? 
fall like there's not even anything it's just queuing to go to the end of a cliff like there's just nothing there but um yeah i think we'll keep on top of this stuff and um, obviously it is just ludicrous amounts of demand and um, they've tried to match their supply but obviously that just hasn't been the case um, i'm quite i'm quite glad that uh, mr phil spencer's getting out there acknowledging it um you know someone is sort of public forward facing as him just saying like we know we're trying to get there mm-hmm. um and hopefully they can get back on top of it it sucks for the delays until december um for the people that have paid i feel so sorry for those people um but still um, the next news thing, um, which we talked about a little bit on the uh, the YouTube channel, some separate um, videos on this, because Avengers just keeps falling, just keeps falling from just hitting every branch <laughs> on the way down. And um, the latest statistic on Avengers is that it's lost 96% of its player base, um, at least on PC. Um, only 752 people were averaging it on Steam. Um, does that remotely That's surprise bad. you at this point? Not really, like, no, just because, like you said, we've covered this so much. We've covered about, like, you know, the the, the DLC roadmap being pushed back, all the bugs and stuff, people not being there, the game not selling very well in the first mm. place. Like, I don't blame people for dropping off. I think even Ewan, who loved jumping on there and watches the numbers, jump, watching the numbers go up, <laughs> I don't think he's even been on it for a while. Well, uh, I mean, did so you, have you stopped playing it. That, that's when I know something's gone desperately wrong. Same, because if you, if you deleted it, I keep forgetting it exists. Like, I went, when I went through all my oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, same. Yes, almost up to carry across from PS4 to PS5. And I was like, oh yeah, the, the Avengers happened. Like, that was a whole thing. <laughs> like, that was, that was a whole is, game. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Because it's like the Avengers. This should be like a big milestone, a big gaming thing. And I know at least me and you, we've sort of treated it as like, oh yeah, remember when we played that and when we finished the story and then never thought about it again, except when we did videos. <laughs> and it's not a game that I want to do that with Scott Tail, but mm. I want to enjoy it. I want, to, I want it to be good. I'm looking forward to Spider-Man. I want the content to be there. Yeah. But I just think they've kind of, you know, they've sort of shot themselves in the foot by releasing a game that was lacking in content, that had a lot of bugs, which mm. has resulted in them pushing back like the next gen version. It's resulted in them pushing back the DLC roadmap, like I said, if you don't have those things, it's like, well, why would I want to play it now? Why would I, why would I buy it now when it's clearly not finished, when the content is yet to come? Hopefully it gets an upkick. Like, I want to see this game do, do well. So hopefully mm-hmm. it gets an upkick when those DLC plans finally come to fruition. Or the next-gen version does come around and people want to try it or the cost comes down or something. But right now it's sort of like, I don't know, it's just like dead air, isn't it? It's like it exists, <laughs> but it doesn't. It's Schrodinger's video game. Like, yeah. I just, I don't like, I just, like I said, I keep forgetting that it was coming out. I remember the more I read about how much that game cost, the amount of years that it took to put together, like the $100 million budget thing, and it's lost them like $48 million or something. I just, what did you build that isn't there? Like, just do you have more to come? Is there entire, I know there's characters to come, but are there entire storylines, threads, cutscenes, levels that were just, siphoned off because they were like well we'll have this active player base and we'll plug stuff in across like the next few months and years and everything because there's no sign of that and then um, they've been doing those yeah. like uh, tacky on raids or whatever which are very much tacked on to be fair but it's that whole thing of like you're gonna go into this one base and take on waves of enemies and stuff and we've done those missions in every yeah. single video game now and I, I remember holding back initially saying oh you know it's not like it's not another anthem because at least there's characters that we love and there's like there's a little bit more of an investment. There is a campaign with decent, you know, cutscenes and everything, which Anthem tried a story, but it didn't really land. But the longer it plays out, it does feel like another Anthem where it's just, Dude. you know, it's just not going to get there. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm the exact same, but I think at this point, in terms of its release, its reception, and its post-release plans, I think it is literally, you know, the Anthem, you know what I mean? The exact right. same mistakes repeat themselves. Like, it came out, players dropped off incredibly quick when they realized what the content actually was. The roadmap got delayed, 
anthems had still yet to come to fruition properly, like they're <laughs> supposedly working on Anthem 2.0, it mm-hmm. makes me worried because, like, will this content for Avengers just get indefinitely delayed again? Like Ewan was saying to me the other day that apparently both the Hawkeye characters, you know, Kate Bishop and um, I've forgotten, I've forgotten <laughs> the, the man Hawkeye. Mr. Hawkeye, um, um, Clint yeah, Barton. Uh, Clint Barton, yes. They were supposed to be already out by now, but obviously right. that hasn't happened. Like I said, next-gen versions just... MIA as well and it's like mm-hmm. uh, at what point does it get to the same position Anthem's in where Crystal Dynamics is like right trust me we're going back to the drawing board we're doing the Avengers 2.0 coming next year it'll be free we'll get you back in then we're going to just cut ties I mean like Square Enix are so money grubby and ruthless with like what they green light and get rid of and even if it's stuff that has promise the Hitman IP they're just like ah it's not making enough see you later and I kind of just think it's all of it has always reeked of Square Enix's interference anyway but I think if you held back you know you've still got all the um, the Black Panther DLC that was meant to be coming out that they said was going to line up yeah. that was meant to be coming out around the time that Chadwick Boseman passed away so they were like we're going to wait and we'll delay it and we'll put it out later but like there's been no mention of that since um and it's like you could make the game free to play you still i guess when you mentioned spider-man i forgot they were even doing that like what a terrible investment that is on sony's part like the amount of money and ill will they had to suck up like or like put out there doing a spider-man exclusive stuff and the game's bombed it's like releasing this multi-million dollar dlc character for like 10 people by the time next year yeah just ridiculous like maybe you'll get people back in but i don't i don't know like mm. I, i'm probably not going to jump back in maybe just that one mission with spider-man but i don't think it's going to be like a saving grace or anything like that you know no um speaking of saving graces uh this this one i picked this story i mean it's a big talking point it's call of duty but you'll see a very specific uh, reason why i picked this story and um, so a lot of ongoing stuff with call of duty is the way that it's handling it's balancing on the fact that it's cross-platform um you know ps4 playing against xbox playing against pc dogs and cats living together etc and so there's the whole <laughs> thing with this where um, if you play on PlayStation, you're like you get way more bonuses, XP bonuses, unlock stuff like that, um, to the point where it, it is ridiculous. Like if you're on PlayStation, um, you get plus twenty five percent weapon XP if multiple players play together. Even if that squad is is comprised of PlayStation, Xbox, PC people, the PlayStation players will pull ahead by a quarter of the overall percent XP um, if they play together. And PlayStation people get two extra character slots. You get exclusive monthly XP bonuses, and you also get an exclusive mode called Zombie onslaught um, i feel like exclusivity stuff with call of duty happens every year but in regards to the xp grind and the fact that it's cross-platform that's a massive thing um so yeah. um the update and this is the reason i picked this i wanted to highlight it is that the lead designer for um <laughs> black ops cold war his name is tony flame no, Mr. Tony Flame <laughs> has weighed in um on the acquisition <laughs> accusations <laughs> of the game being unbalanced uh, Mr. Tony Flame says there will be weapon score streak and more balance changes coming with season one, if not sooner. Already seeing some interesting trends in the analytics, but it's too close for conclusions. What do you think of what Mr. Tony Flame has to say? Well, thank you, Tony Flame, uh, for handing this <laughs> over to me, the microphone over to me. Um, like, right, Scott, we did a video on this, and I wasn't happy with his end. We were we were pretty annoyed, especially when it comes to the uh, double XP, the double weapon XP, yes. obviously being siphoned off, and that giving some people a more a better advantage to unlock weapons, weapon upgrades, weapon attachments, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Having since played the game, having since played it all weekend, playing the multiplayer, Same. like that is even worse now. I think because the grind, especially when it comes to leveling up the weapons is slow is so arduous and so mm. slow i find compared to other college duties that 
I'm putting a lot of time into these guns and barely unlocking anything. Mm. So to have this extra weapon XP coming in from like Sony's platform or whatever, that is alluring, that is appealing. And it's like, was which came first? Did the grind come first? Then Sony just kind of added it on top. Or is the grind this mm-hmm. way because these deals were in place? It's very strange. And I'm sure it's probably not that nefarious, but it was interesting jumping in and realizing, ooh, this is this is weird. It's taken well, me a long time to level up this MP5. And they're also offering this kind of promotional thing for PlayStation. This is a strange coincidence, Scott. I think um, you know which one came first. I think the grind came first because I think once they we talk load, you can go on the YouTube channel. We talk load. It's it's not like it hasn't been covered. The um, development cycle of this game, you know, they had they like, swapped some developers out. They sort of managed to get it over the finish line, but it feels like the overall project scope has been sort of chopped and changed quite a lot. A lot of people are realizing that um, Black Ops Cold War has reused assets from I think it's Black Ops Four, and there's like various things that sort of carry carry over and point to the idea that you know this is sort of has been chopped and changed to get it over the finish line to line it up with the console launch cycles Um, and so i think for me the grind came first or at least was part of that um where you know they have to try and make it so that this game is still worth 70 pounds or however much they want to cost it and that is literally just a case of let's just drag everything out so you're playing it for longer so you feel like you get your money's worth even if the actual brass tax of what you're interacting with um could be tightened up i think that those things will change going forward i mean he says that there'll be balance changes coming um but i think in regards to unlocks like I don't know how, I mean, this whole PlayStation thing, I don't know if that lasts for the whole year. Like most of the PlayStation things, uh, when they do exclusivity stuff, it's a one year window. But like by the time a few months have passed or even right now, like PlayStation players are going to pull ahead, which is just going to look bad on their part. So it's kind of on them to fix it. Um, But I feel like the actual grind side of it is something that they've just sort of implemented and dragged out because they want people playing all year long, but it directly clashes with the, uh, the Sony side of it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think in general, like, I, even though, like we said, you know, both of us are enjoying the game, I feel mm. like you can tell where the content isn't there. Like, there are fewer weapons than ever. The the attachments, especially when it comes to, like, the sights, like, are very interchangeable, I find. It takes longer to unlock them. And I do think it's sort of an intentional kind of decision, like, just to make it feel like there's more there than there mm. actually is, because otherwise you might get people like just blitzing it on the weekend, leveling up all their guns and being like, well, where's the rest? You know what I mean? Season one doesn't start until December the 10th, I think, you know, like three weeks or something. So we're going to be waiting a little while. We're going to be using these weapons in this play style and these unlocks and these operators for like another three weeks before more content presumably comes. Yeah, well, I mean, that, another side of it is like, yeah, that they will assumedly have various things to roll out for the roadmap and then it'll be a more complete package like in the, in the coming months and stuff. I just, I think the idea of um, a platform paying for XP boosts on their side, I just think that's such a, it's a step too far in regards to, I mean, you've got like exclusive modes that we've always had things like that, but I just... Like I said, being in a cross-party, uh, a cross-platform party, and then having one set of players pull ahead, even though you're all playing the same matches, even though you're all on team deathmatch or whatever, like that just seems like something we've never seen before, and I feel like it should kind of be yeah. highlighted a lot more than it is. I think in, in general, like the whole idea of XP boosts, they're getting like way more nefarious than they mm. used to be. I think Jim Sterling did like a good video on it maybe last year or something, and with the way COD does it, especially, I noticed this on Modern Warfare, like. The fact that they're so limited for the most part, you get like 15 minutes, you get half yeah. an hour, you get 45 minutes, you get an hour. But like they all tick over when you're in the lobby. So you get this feeling of, man, I need to play, I need to get in, I need to be mm-hmm. as good as possible. And like there's always been an element of that, but I feel like that's getting just pushed up with every new release to the point where like they're very like manipulative in the way that they like demand your time and they, they make you 
feel like you're missing out if you're not in a game. If you're in the lobby and you can see the timer ticking down, it's like, oh my God, I'm not going to get <laughs> the most out of these weapons or something. And that obviously, you know, is impacted by the fact that you have these battle passes that mm. you can pay to like skip tiers and level up faster and stuff like that. So it's it's certainly one to watch, I think, going yeah. forward. I just the amount of money that is doing the rounds in the AAA gaming industry, and obviously like this, the generation that's ending, we pushed back so much against microtransactions that I feel like every one on the top tier is trying to find new ways to fleece the consumer base. And it's like if we can do yeah. that, I mean, they're gonna make a million sponsorship deals in regards to like you know drink this particular energy drink and get this particular XP boost. Then they're gonna cash in all of the, all those things. And the XP grind stuff hasn't been dragged through the muck just yet, but I think that stuff like this makes incredibly obvious that it's nefarious as hell so i guess we'll see how it goes um final news thing i wanted to give a shout out to um, an oxford study by mr andrew shabilsky i love this dude um the, he's the guy that i actually did my dissertation on back in the day when i was at uni um mr andrew shabilsky his surname is spelled p-r-z-y-b-y-l-s-k-i but it's pronounced shabilsky nice. um and i did he did he initially wrote a paper on um video game loops like addiction loops and and um, the idea that you're always on this sort of treadmill of feedback and you know it's that idea of like something like dark souls it will delay when that loop closes so that when it finally does when you finally beat a boss um that satisfaction is all the more greater because you've expanded the loop and there's all this whole sort of scientific breakdown or philosophical sorry psychological breakdown of what it means to engage with various game systems and basically why games are satisfying i love all that stuff and um he's done a very recent um oxford study talking about how um games are good for your mental health um but he's such a g because he's <laughs> diving into like um talking about how um the general sort of perception of video games obviously is a Aligned with addiction and all these sort of um, negative stipulations and lots of toxic stuff. Um, and he says that, um, you know, the conclusion of the most recent study is that something like Animal Crossing is good for your mental health. Um, he said that the study shows that if you play for four hours a day, something like Animal Crossing, you're a much happier human being. Um, but then he rolls in the comparison and says, but that's only interesting because of all the other research before this is done so badly. Um, the new stuff, he says, this is about bringing games into the fold of psychological research that's, <laughs> that is not a dumpster fire. Um, this lets us explain and understand games <laughs> as a leisure activity and um, it was a quest to figure out the data collected by game companies can be vaguely useful for academic and health po policy research um which just is a sort of turning of the tide like obviously there's so many discussions around video game addiction which obviously are rightly you know need to be picked apart and everything um but the psychological benefits of video games the escapism things like that like i feel like he's right like you know there's so much um, so many studies done on video game play that don't focus on the positive sides. They tend to go straight down the addiction route as opposed to treating it like any yeah. other leisure activity and getting the positives out of that. What do you think? Yeah, totally. Like it's just sort of an, an area of research that's sort sort of under utilized, underfunded. I suppose. Like mm -hmm. like these studies, like you said, rarely come out because I suppose these studies don't necessarily get the clicks. Like you always mm -hmm. have, you know, people not not people websites, you know, outlets that don't really cover video games and then suddenly it's like my kid spent 10 grand on fever <laughs> points and yes that is bad but it's almost like sensationalizing the the bad parts of the industry that's kind of been in the media for like since video games were a thing you know i mean mm. video games cause violence video games are gonna make your kid rip off his video games stole your wife fine like sub-zero video games stole your wife but this is like i think it's incredibly important like especially in the year like 2020 when video games have been more helpful than ever like when we've done like these podcasts before like i've opened up about how video games especially this year have like helped me like have grounded me in a way that other entertainment forms just like haven't like they've mm -hmm. been so essential for me for just making me feel like i'm here and not spiral out into this like existential 
kind of like pit of doom scrolling through Twitter or whatever. It's one of the mm-hmm. only things where I can properly engage my brain 100% and I don't have that, you know, errant thought of thinking about day-to-day life. But uh, No, but I think like that. that, yeah, man, it's like, the, like you said, there's so, it's so essential. Like, I mean, there's obviously been studies done in the past and they highlight the idea that, you know, playing games online, it can help with team building skills and social skills. And then like, like you said, goal setting and being able to organize, like, you know, be able to structure something towards achieving that goal. I think that the thing that he talks about, like, you know, bringing the, the positive side of things in um, to the, <laughs> referring to the, um, a lot of the past psychological research as a dumpster fire um, is pretty <laughs> good. Um, Cause in the full write up, um, you know, he talks about the, um, the world health organization and how there's just so much more that needs to be done. Like, you know, video games are everywhere. And he says like, look, this is something that 95% of teenagers do. But whenever we're asked about the specifics of why 95% of teenagers do this, uh, get involved in video games, um, the answers aren't necessarily there and they tend to skew sort of more negative and more reactionary or more over the top. So um, yeah, big love to Mr. Shabilsky. Um, I like what he's putting together and we'll keep an eye on it. Um, For now though, this has been whatever the hell we called this. We called this Josh and Scott's news fun time arama. Maybe we'll just give it a different name every week. Um, And for now, for now, I've been Scott from whatculture.com. I mean, Josh from whatculture.com. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.